return to our regularly scheduled program. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Let's start the show off with a little clip, shall we? All right. This message. Hey, Tyler and Lynch. Miss hearing you each morning. Hope you're keeping well. Can't wait to see what's next for you both. That came in from Lisa. Lisa, we are here. This is our new show. Thank you very much for following along. Uh, welcome. I'm Tyler Middleton. Uh, this is Christopher Lynch. Hello. Um, now that you've uh, followed us here from the radio show, or maybe you're a new listener, I feel like we're on a, a first and last name basis now. So Tyler Middleton, Christopher Lynch. Well, can we just go with Chris? Chris Lynch, sure. My mom just says Christopher when she's mad at me, so... Maybe that's how we'll do it. Uh, when you're in trouble, I'll call you Christopher. All right, then we can do that, I guess. We're excited. It's been a, uh, it's been forever since we talked. It's a, uh, uh, been a crazy couple weeks, obviously. Uh, if you don't know us uh, and you're just finding us here online, we were two radio hosts. We got let go. Uh, and I got to say, like, getting fired is... It's busy. Yeah, it's a lot of work, actually. Yeah. Getting fired is definitely more work than work, uh, which is probably part of the reason that we got fired. <laughs> but seriously, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. We set up this deal here. We're excited to be in this space. Uh, we set up an email. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with the show, just email Tyler and Lynch at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. We love plugging the audio into the show, like Lisa's message there. We got a bunch of great ones coming up in the show as well. We got one about a vampire murder. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Don't know really what to say about that. We'll get to that later on. Uh, also, uh, just wanted to say um, a big thank you to everyone for supporting the show. So please uh, comment, like, rate, subscribe, all those things. Uh, I don't even know what order you're supposed to say those because you don't say that in radio. But do all those things because it'll be very helpful for us. Very helpful. Um, we got lots to talk about. That's the craziest part about getting fired is... You, you, we talked every morning for so long and all this stuff happened in the news and then you didn't get to go on air and talk about it. And I'm just like yelling bits around my apartment. Like, just like, hey, babe, 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 this, this guy found shrimp in his cereal. Did you see the cereal shrimp? She's like, can you, you need to get a job. You need to do something. <laughs> like, it turns out he's not that nice of a guy. Apparently he didn't treat women well when he, when he was working. He's a real knucklehead. Apparently, and she's like, this podcast is basically, <laughs> this is not a career-saving podcast. This is a relationship-saving podcast. I just needed somewhere to go and talk about Shrimp Guy or other stories that we've missed. Like, the shrimp thing was like, I was like, that's right in her wheelhouse of what we could have talked about on the air. And we missed it. So exciting. Glad that we could talk about it here. Um, the shrimp thing, do you think it's real? I don't know, man. You don't just find shrimp in cereal boxes, but... There was more than just that that he found. That was the thing. Right. But here's my thought. It's a giant outrage marketing campaign. These companies are doing it all the time. They did it with Tide Pods. Okay. Tide, no one was eating Tide Pods. No one. Okay. The Tide Pod thing was started by Tide as a marketing campaign two weeks before their Super Bowl ad, which then just happened to be about don't eat Tide Pods. It's like these companies, they don't plan their Super Bowl ads that it's all planned out. You know what I mean? No one's eating the Tide Pods. There was no shrimp in the cereal. And are you telling me that you didn't want Cinnamon Toast Crunch a little bit just seeing it all last week? I was fast. All I wanted was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I didn't care about the shrimp. I, I was kind of excited when I opened up my Cinnamon Toast Crunch thinking maybe it'd have Cinnamon Toast Scampi or something. I, I, I tried uh, actually making Cinnamon Toast Shrimp. Like there's an actual recipe with this. So like you would make breaded shrimp. 
I did that, except instead of using breadcrumbs, you crush up the cinnamon toast crunch. Really? And, use it. and honestly, it was pretty good. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find the recipe online. Cinnamon toast shrimp is a real thing. Do you think that Bubba from Forrest Gump actually was one of those? Uh, did he list one of those? As the different kind of shrimps you can make? Maybe this wasn't big cereal. Maybe this was big shrimp. That's a good point. Maybe this was Bubba Gump shrimp. I mean, when's the last time you stepped foot in a Bubba Gump shrimp restaurant? Like you're at an airport in Mexico. That's yeah. about the only time. That's the only time I've ever been to one. Maybe they're going to roll a bunch out. Maybe Red Lobster should be watching their backs. Okay. We don't know how this is going to go. That's true. It's very exciting. Very true. I think we should talk about the set a little bit as yeah. well. If you're watching online, uh, we're in the uh, the 604 studios. Uh, we got producer Alexi over here. She's going to be producing everything. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, this studio happens to be owned by, uh, not well, kind of Nickelback. Uh, and you have a Nickelback story. Yeah. 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 Which we're going to get to in a little bit because your relationship with Nickelback has been fascinating. But I wanted to throw in another clip here. We got this one uh, message in from Cassandra. So my girlfriend used to be really obsessed with you and she would um, dream about marrying you. <laughs> and because her name was Kate. And your last name's Middleton, and so she knew that she was going to be the future Kate Middleton. So I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> what is the uh for? What do you mean, uh? Have you not been following along? What's what's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't want to be part of that yeah, family not, right now. No, maybe push <laughs> yeah. pause on that one. Speaking of that family, did you see... A over the weekend, they came out that uh, Prince William uh, is now named the sexiest bald man alive? For what? real? How? Prince William, he's barely bald, okay? His head looks like a deformed peach. Like, he's got the fuzz. It's kind of a cul-de-sac thing he's got going on. He's in that category of men we like to call the let it go, guys. Just let it go, dude. Like, shave it off. Like, what is this? He's not even technically bald. And I understand that balding for a man must be like a difficult thing to go through, right? Like, it's got to be an emotional venture. Yeah. I'm turning gray. And I'm not even 30. And it honestly really upsets me. So I get the hair issues, but let it go. It looks so much better. Not to mention, even if he did let it go, not the sexiest man. He's got a weird body. He kind of looks like Slender Man. A little bit. Yeah, he does. It's not a good look. And that's coming from me, who definitely fits into the same category. So I'm not body shaming here. I'm just saying the rock, the rock's bald. The rock would eat Prince William for cheat meal day. Like... How is The Rock not the sexiest man alive? Even like Bruce Willis. There's so many other bald men. What about Larry David? I would what, put him in above Which Prince bald William. man would you have sex with as a straight man? The Rock. Bottom? I don't, yes. ha I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't no, have a choice. No, no, no. It's The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question there. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you think he'd bring you Cinnamon Toast Crunch after? <laughs> and a shot of tequila? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either way, Prince William, not the sexiest bald man alive. Cassandra, thank you for your message. Uh, I probably won't marry your friend, but uh, it was really nice. And yeah, you don't want to be Kate Middleton right now. That's not a no. Just not a good look. Steer clear for a little bit. You know, another thing that I've been wanting to talk about what is the boat? What's this boat? Oh, the massive this, container boat. Yeah, this is the. This, this show is going to be the number one source for boat-related news. Uh, maybe that'll be a new sponsor. We'll see how it goes. We could, uh, we could, we could give away fish finders. Well, that's, that's you know, going to be out of our budget, man. Brought to you by Lund Aluminum Boats. <laughs> the yacht of the prairies. 
Um, I don't quite understand the boat. I just see the boat memes, and I told you to research the boat because I need crazy, you to inform man. me. So what what is going on with this boat, and why is everyone concerned? Why are we talking about the boat? So this massive container ship, yeah, it's stuck sideways, kind of like how in Austin Powers, where he's like got that little vehicle stuck in the, in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that right now in the Suez Canal in Egypt. And it's completely blocking this canal. And it's a big deal because 12% of the global trade is going through that canal all the time. So that's a lot of, of products that are trying to get through there. And it's worth over a trillion dollars a year okay, in exports. Now, do you know what's on the actual boat? Because like all the ships blocked... We're never going to be able to get through everything that's on those. Okay. What's on the actual one that's stuck? I don't know exactly what's on this thing, but it's got over 20,000 containers on this. Okay. So, but the big thing with this canal is it's like a massive port for like pulp. So like hardwood and pulp and stuff, which they use to make toilet paper with. So they're saying we could have another toilet paper crisis because of this stuck boat, depending on how long it's there for. At what point, okay, the boat's there. I've seen the memes. They're digging it out with an excavator. It looks absolutely but ridiculous. The, they only have one. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing looks so stupid. There's got to be an easier way to go about it. At what point do you just blow up the one boat? Like, get all the people off of it, just destroy that boat, and then let the other boats go through. Can we not, can we not give up one boat in this process? That's your that's your genius plan is to blow the boat up. I wouldn't say it's genius, but it is no, it's one not. plan. I, I think that they should unload the 20,000 containers, put them onto another boat and then float that bad boy back up and send it on its way. Do you think that maybe uh, they thought about that and there's a reason they're not doing it? Because like know. that sounds so simple, but I don't think that you would just hey, come up with the solution. They have one excavator right now that they're trying to dig this thing out with. I don't think they have a much of a plan. Well, we'll send them this episode and then they, uh, they'll finally, <laughs> we'll have the boat situation finally figured out and global trade will go back to normal. I didn't think that this show would ever turn into a conversation about global trade and uh, the differences we can make in the global trading community. Uh, but here we are. With our ideas. Boats and global trade. We're solving it all. You know, while we're on it. Yeah. Can I also uh, talk about one other thing that kind of ticks me off? Of course. That's why we're here. Um, why do people shame other people about piss jugs? <laughs> why I'm, do people shame other people about piss jugs? Yeah. Um, because it's disgusting. You're pissing in a jug. Well, this is what people who work for Amazon have to do. Yes. Okay, Amazon is known with the piss jugs, okay? There's been a lot of Amazon news recently. Do you see they had to change their logo? Because they made a new logo, and there's a little, like, the swoopy thing, and then it had a little square above its mouth. Do you know who else had, like, a smile and a little square? Yeah. Not a great guy, Hitler. Yeah. Uh, so the logo looked like Hitler, so they changed it. But even Hitler probably let the Nazis use bathrooms. So... What's going on here? And that's the thing with Amazon is supposedly they're not letting their employees use bathrooms, which is why delivery truck drivers have to use piss jugs. Yeah, but this has been going around for a long time. Like that's been talked about for years, right? Like, so what, why is that back in the news this week? Because there are documents that were released that say that Amazon know, they know about like these employees having to use this and employees now, they have to hit a certain quota 
of uh, piss trucks. No, not piss trucks, <laughs> but a certain quota of getting of getting their their deliveries. I want that out. two liter full. <laughs> and if they don't get all these packages delivered on time, then of course you know they they can get terminated for it. I did a little bit of deep diving into this. Okay. okay. Not into the documents. I don't care about the legal aspect. Did you know that there's an entire Reddit thread dedicated to Amazon delivery drivers where they just talk about the hardships of being Amazon delivery drivers? You go on there. They're publicly posting their piss jug photos. Like the whole thread really? is basically just look how many jugs I filled today. It's almost like they're in a competition to see who could be the most hydrated. And they don't seem upset by it. Like, I understand your employer shouldn't force you to piss in a jug. But if we're going back to your, like, let's not shame piss jugs, they don't seem bothered. They seem like they're, they think it's quite funny. Because they probably grew up in a household like I did. That's what, what my dad made us do. Well, if you didn't know this, Lynch was born in 1847. Uh, so his house did not have running water. They churned their own butter. He took a horse, a drawn carriage, to get to school. Well, it was a Mazda MPV van, but pretty close, yes. The uh, his uh, the valedictorian of his class was Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the, the phone. Speaking of the phone, we haven't mentioned this. We have a phone here. This is our standby line. Some of these episodes may have guests, uh, so they'll call in through there. Also, we're just waiting for a real radio job. Like, this is not... I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's definitely not permanent, but we're still looking for a real radio job. So when that phone rings, that means we have a job. That's true. But you uh, grew up in this house. So Okay. So my dad, we'd go on trips, right? Yeah. And there was no stopping on trips. Right. We would be in the van. We'd have our big thing of Gatorade. Right. And we'd be driving. And if you needed to go, dad would just turn to the back and be like, finish the Gatorade bottle and go in the Gatorade bottle. The only time we stopped was to get gas. The car was more important than us. Do you think that that's kind of counterintuitive? Like, I mean, if you didn't drink the entire jug of Gatorade, maybe you wouldn't have to piss. Like, did he not see? Like, why do you need that much Gatorade? You're driving. What do you need electrolytes for? You're, you're sitting there. You need electrolytes to play I Spy. You're 10. Yeah, I don't know, man, but that was, a, that was the rule. You couldn't. We wouldn't just stop just to stop to pee. Right. The only time we would stop was to get gas. If you needed to go, you would do it in the jug, in the Gatorade bottle. I grew up with it my whole life. That's one thing that I definitely miss about the radio show versus being here. Not that this isn't fun, but at this moment, we would get a bunch of calls from people who use piss jugs for a bunch of different reasons. And if you use a piss jug, please let us know why uh, at tylerandlynch at gmail.com. I know we had talked to crane operators. That's another career where piss jugs are quite popular, which makes sense. You climb, they climb those cranes every morning, which is insane. So you climb 30 stories up. You're not going down every time you have to piss. No. Uh, we also talked to a guy who did the other thing uh, in a jug up there. And just logistically, that's astonishing. I don't know how you make that happen. He'd be great at like horseshoes or, you know, the beanbag game. Yeah. Different type of cornhole yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He was saying that the best jugs to pee in are laundry detergent containers because the, the mouth is wide. You don't have to worry about it filling up and it has like a little, you know, the little plastic pory thing yeah. kind of acts as like a little ramp in there, almost like a little funnel. So if you're looking for a career change or going on a long road trip, laundry detergent. He also said that the smell of the container helped with the smell, which all checks out. Um, 
That'd actually be this a is, good, good idea though. When you think about this, right. you can make these jugs, have them like specially scented inside <laughs> and then sell them back to Amazon wait, for wait, their wait, workers. Wait, 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 wait. What, what? We do Tyler and Lynch branded piss jugs and we sell our own piss jugs. Hey. And then we got merch. We'll get that up on the store. People exactly. Buying. I love it. Tyler and Br Yep. This is great business. I mean, we need money. Uh, there's none coming in right now. Well, so. obviously, there's a lot of Amazon drivers who need to go. <laughs> so, you know, this is a good way to make some coin. <sighs> I'm going to have to use a piss jug in the show. We usually talk for like little chunks at a time and then we play songs. That's not a thing here. So could happen mid-episode. It's true. Uh, we got to do some thank yous. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're in the 604 studios. We're on the, the Comedy Here Often podcast network. They have a bunch of great shows, all produced by Lexi, who's still in the back. Thank you again. Uh, thank you. So make sure you're checking out all those other shows. Thank you for coming and checking us out here. Uh, and they're doing all sorts of cool comedy as well. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, the studio itself is like owned by Nickelback. And I figured we had to talk about this because... There's kind of a fascinating story. Now, if you don't know Lynch's career trajectory, trajectory, Lynch's career path. Yeah, there we go. That's a, that's a better word. Let's do that. Uh, you started in Winnipeg and we can get into maybe some of that. Um, but your career really kicked off when you worked for a radio station in Calgary and you were the music director there. And one of the big marketing ploys at the time that the station launched with was a no nickelback guarantee. Yes, this and is true. This went this was in the height uh, of the the nickelback hate which I don't quite understand, but this was the height of it and it kind of went like like internationally viral at that moment uh or whatever viral was back then and uh, made the news and all the stuff on this no nickelback guarantee and so basically you kicked off your career on a no nickelback guarantee. And yeah. now, like, How we're ironic paying is this? Nickelback to use their space. I mean, things have really come... Full circle. Yeah, and not in the best way. I mean, it didn't work out great for you. And I think a lot of that has to be karma. Um, I, w I would, yeah, maybe, yeah. But I, I want to know, like, that. your actual relationship with them. Because you've, I mean, it's been a long time, I believe, since you've talked to them, but... Oh, God, it's been... Decades. For a while there, you were in regular contact before you did this, and they did not like that. And you know what? The, the thing with, with Nickelback mm -hmm. is they are an extremely hardworking band. Like back in the day when they were first starting out, when like Leader of Men was their big song that they had, they were only getting airplay at two different radio stations, one in Vancouver and one in Winnipeg. Right. So the band would travel cross country to go and play shows in either one of those towns. And the thing with piss that jugs, is probably lots of piss. Jugs. I would imagine so. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. See, it's a long drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing with them is they would play these shows there and that would be the only shows that they would have was between Winnipeg and Vancouver. So it does cost a lot of money to travel across the country, especially when you're hauling all your gear right. and the band, they would basically stay at the radio station that I worked at in Winnipeg at the time. Like sleep there, you mean? Yeah. Like, like instead of a, okay. well, it was a pretty sweet setup that they had. There was like a pool table in there. There was like a slurpy machine. There was a big screen TV. It was a massive space. It was a fun environment. I feel like I really missed out on working in radio when it made money. Like, <laughs> like, like, it was like I awesome, hear man. Old radio station. You had a slurpy machine. Yeah, what? which was, had rye in it. What? Yeah, rye. Yeah, Seagrams. They have the Crown Royal factory was just north of Winnipeg. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you get that and you put it in the slurping machine. It was fantastic. No one, every band wanted to stay there. Right. So, but like Nickelback, when they were staying there, because they would do this their tour quite regularly just to make some coin and stuff right. before their career really kicked off. And the band at the time, they were poor, uh, like most bands are. And they would borrow money off the jocks to go across the street to buy beer. Okay. And I was one of those people that they asked money for. Okay. 60 bucks, which I still haven't seen. I still haven't been paid that $60 that I lent Chad and the boys. You hear that, Chad? You owe Lynch 60 bucks. We're here. You know, you have keys. Just drop the $60 off. Okay. Out of all the times we need it, now is the time we need it the most. And with interest... That's probably, it's over 20 years now. <laughs> so that 60 bucks is at least 75, Chad. You really keep track of people who owe you money, eh? Yeah. Don't you? I, something like that, I definitely think I would have forgot about. It was $60. It's 60 bucks. 20 years ago. You know who else owes me money? What? Foster the people. Why is Foster the people? Owe you they money? owe me money from a festival. All they had was American cash on them. I remember this, actually, yeah. And uh, Mark Foster, lead singer of the band, comes up and he's like, hey, man, um, do you have any cash? Because they won't take American at the food trucks. So I dug in my wallet and I pulled out like 45 bucks to give them or <laughs> the band can get something to eat. And this is post-pumped up kicks. Like, they're very they're, they've rich got at money. this point. They've got yeah. money. <laughs> and then he's like, don't worry, man, I'll get you back. Has he ever got me back? No, he's not got me back. I think bands are not trustworthy. That's what we're learning here. You know what? I'm, I'm being a nice guy. I'm I have a it plan. Out there. I got a plan. What's okay? your plan? This is how we're going to get your $60 back. Uh, they were upset back in the day about the no Nickelback guarantee. So on the podcast here, I would like to start the Nickelback guarantee. I guarantee that at one point, Chad Kroger will be on this show. I absolutely promise it. It's a guarantee that it will happen. That is a heavy-duty guarantee. I, I mean, he's a hard-working guy, you know? That's what I mean. He's hard-working. Right, but this is, his, this is his work. Working. This is his work. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be a time he's just going to be here, okay? And then we'll just drag him in at that point. I guarantee at some point, Chad Kroger will be on the show. This is the Nickelback guarantee. We're launching it now. We can't play their music, so you don't have to worry about that legally. Uh, but... Chad Kroger going to be on the show. Nickelback guarantee. That's a heavy guarantee no, right I, there. I'm, I'm into it. I got another message here. Okay. This one, uh, this one came in from uh, Alana, I believe. Yes, Alana. Hi, Tyler and Lynch. I love your show so much. Thank you. And I just wanted to ask you guys a question. I've always wondered, uh, how did you meet? You're so different. Tyler is young and cool and an influencer and Lynch is basically like my grandpa watching baseball. I just wonder what? How, that, how that went down. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. I love, I'm like your grandpa watching baseball. I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. But once again, I love mean? how everyone who followed us from the radio show just gets our brand completely. I'm definitely an influencer <laughs> and Lynch right, is definitely uh, an old man watching some baseball. Some here. Hold on. Uh, but I think this is good for people who may be new to the show as well. Uh, let's just start with you. Uh, how do you remember us meeting? I remember us meeting. You got hired to the station that I was working at. This was in Calgary. Yeah. And, um, you came into the, the station as a fresh young punk. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met. It was basically that way. Right? Yeah. But there's a little bit more detail to it. 
So I've been listening. I mean, there's to more you. detail to that. So I was coming in to take over for you. Yeah. You were going to go directly behind the scenes and just do music. And yeah. I was going to come in and take over your afternoon show at the time by myself. But I had been listening to the station that we worked at for like a long time. Like I was a fan. I was a fan of yours for a long time. I'd been listening to you for a very long time. I'd been following you on Twitter for a very long time. And then it's like the day of and I'm going in to get trained by you. And I was a little nervous, but I was also like a little frustrated that you hadn't followed me back on Twitter yet. Okay. Um, so I unfollowed you and then I followed you back just to get your attention. And then you tweeted and you didn't tag me in it. So you basically subtweeted me, which you don't even know what that means. You just tweeted out about time you followed me. Fuck. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this guy hates me. Or he's like, <laughs> I was very nervous. I remember sending a tweet out to you. Yeah, after- not to me. You didn't tag me. You just sent that to everybody with no context, just knowing that I would see it. That's what subtweeting. You don't know what subtweeting is. No, you didn't tweet it at me. You just tweeted it out for the general public like people would care. Then you sent me a DM that just said, bring beer for the fam. Yeah. 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 And That's so I that, went in. Did you, I don't even remember. Did you bring beer? I did. I brought a case of beer in. We did the, I wasn't even supposed to, you did. You I don't were, think you were old enough to buy beer no, yet. You had really given up by that point. Like you were a real lazy jock at that point. Admit it. Because I wasn't supposed to be on the air that day. I was supposed to just come in and watch you do the tech side of things. So I figured out how it worked. And you put me on every single break. And I know it's because you had nothing to talk no, about. No, you know what it is? What? It's because I went out with the label reps. I would go out. I would have my meetings with the music label guys. Meetings. Well, our meetings consisted of drinking beer at yeah, lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why. And it's like, oh, I got to get the kid on. Right. You know. Because you were hammered. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Maybe it was, you know, lightly loose. I guess you could say I was loose at the time. What were you drinking? Do you remember? Whatever was on special. Yeah. Yeah. On special. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of that. It's a label guys, man. They don't have that kind of money. Um, That's how you met. Remember we met? Yeah. Oh God. I thought you just came into the studio and it's like, Hey man, this is Tyler. Hey Tyler, it's Lynch. No, your whole tweet thing was like, I, okay. You really kind of freaked me out with it. I was, I was worried. Uh, Got an email here. Okay. Darren just texted. It's text. We prefer voice memos to Tyler and Lynch at gmail.com, as we said, but text also works if you don't know how to do that. Says, hey guys, Darren here. Sorry to hear what happened. I've been listening since Calgary and kept listening online when you moved to Vancouver. Thank you. Uh, I'll never forget when you guys did the big gay selfie back in the day. It was funny and the support for the gay community was awesome. Uh, What are some fun moments that stick out to you guys? The big gay selfie. Let's just... If you don't remember the big gay selfie, which you probably don't, uh, there was a bus driver in Calgary at the time who refused to drive the rainbow branded bus. They painted it rainbow. Um, so then we started what we called the big gay selfie, which is we just went on as many buses and filmed ourselves selfie style making out on the bus. <laughs> and then we got a bunch of other people. The amount of times Lynch and I have kissed is astonishing. It's a lot. Um, you can find all that online. Uh, OnlyFans coming soon. But yeah, so that was the big gay selfie. And uh, it turned into a big thing there. It was, it was a bunch of people were going on and making out on buses and just trying to throw some support in a fun way behind the gay community. It was being attacked for no reason whatsoever because some idiot can't drive a bus with rainbows on it. So anyways, that was the big gay selfie. So that stuck out to Darren. Um, 
favorite moments though? That's a good question. Why don't we do favorite calls first? Because some calls really stick out and there's one that's coming to mind. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. The call is even more recently. We got a call. We were talking about bad fashion on the show. And it was all inspired because Lynch used to wear his pants backwards, like crisscross. Hey, that's what you did back in the day, man. The mid 90s, you would do that. I just think it's so funny you actually did it uh, and thought it was cool. So we were talking about that and talking about bad fashion choices. We got this guy called in. He's like, back in the 80s, man, I used to I used to I used to wear the hammer pants to the gym and I'd wear the mesh tank top. And, you know, I look back and I'm like, that's kind of a rough look, you know. Uh, But nowadays I just wear chain mail. I was like, what? And then he just kept going. Like he just slipped it in. Like it was complete. Like now I just wear chain mail and you know, I can't believe I wore tank tops back in the day. Now only chain mail. I'm like, is this a knight? Like (laughs) the guy wears chain mail like a knight just out in public on a regular basis and thinks that is a like better look than the tank top. And I was like, and what does that guy look like on the street? You know, like just walking around, like, you're like, what is this like medieval times worker doing waiting for the bus? You know, like, like the guys. <laughs> and then that stemmed in like a whole great conversation about fashion that I like just people calling in about like different things I didn't know about, like chastity belt pants. Like, I don't know if that's what they're called. Uh, no, I don't think that's what they're called, but they're, the, the pants with like the lock on the front. Yeah. Where it like locked the crotch of the pants. Yeah. And they're it's for like women. a padlock. Yeah, and I'm like, that's weird, right? The thing, like, though, with that is, like, girls in my school would lose the key all the time. So they'd jokes. have to go to, like, the janitor and, like, get him to chop off the lock. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, and there's probably some creepy janitor that's, like, way, very too excited about that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's was, weird. That's embarrassing. Bad fashion. Bad fashion. Um, the ch- Yeah, all I could think about was, like, who invented those pants? You know, like... Like that sounds like a real like controlling dad move. Like you like And they did, just happen to get popular. Did Britney Spears' dad invent these pants? That is too much control for one is father. Is that where the hashtag free Britney came from? Yeah, from those chastity belt pants. Um so those calls like that just stick out to me. Like it's nothing big, but it's just like a fun little like random weird moment where you're like, What? Did this guy wear his chain mail? Because you get some crazy calls on the radio. Which you'll see in our final voicemail, which is coming up. I got a crazy call story. Yeah. Do you remember when Ron Jeremy, we were supposed to be doing an interview with him. <laughs> yes. And we were basically told by his PR guy that we were doing the wake up call for him. Yeah. And we'd wake him up and then we'd do this interview. And really the reasoning behind doing this call was so that he wouldn't miss his plane. Yeah. We became Ron Jeremy's alarm clock. Um. And then we called and he didn't answer. And then he missed his plane. (laughs) (laughs) But like the next day, it was basically the same thing again, where his PR guy was like, all right, you guys, sorry about yesterday. Ron missed his plane. He's going to be late getting to to whatever the the show was that he was supposed to be at. The taboo, naughty, but nice sex show. That's right. And so we had to do this again and wake him up. And this time he answered. Yeah. And then we were supposed to have 10 minutes when you do these PR interviews and they're on like a a press tour, which he wasn't, okay? He was in bed. Uh, They give you a harsh time limit of like 10 minutes. And we're like, okay, like, I can't think of anything I really want to be talking to Ron Jeremy about anyways. He seems like not a good dude, which has been confirmed since that interview happened. Um, But we had to do it. We were getting paid. So 
I was like, 10 minutes sounds great. That's more than enough. Uh, 40 minutes later, we're still on the phone with Ron Jeremy because he won't hang up. And I'm like, hey, you're going to miss miss your next flight. Okay. We couldn't get the guy off the phone. He's just ranting about nothing. He's a crazy person. And he was basically like, well, I'll call you later. It yeah. was like, we were best friends. Like, no, I don't want to be friends. <laughs> no. no, Ron, don't. God, I could be at home right now. And meanwhile, I'm talking to you for like <laughs> an hour long, man. That's your favorite moment is getting stuck on the phone with Ron Jeremy. I think it's hilarious that he missed his plane first off and then just would not let us go. We've worked together for seven years directly, yeah. like doing a show together. And that's your favorite moment. That just sticks out in my head because it's such a time waster. The other like moments that really stick out are the ones that where you just like, where you just can't control the laughter. I mean, you're up early every day and you know, when you get overtired and you just get in that weird laughing zone, that happens a lot. Uh, and the one that I remember with you was, do you remember the squirrel story? Oh God, the, the squirrel got started on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you that want me story? to tell the squirrel tell story? The story? Yes. So it was simple. It's a dumb, weird news story. It's radio content. It was a story down in the States. This guy had burnt down his entire apartment building because he was trying to blowtorch squirrel for dinner. And in the process of blowtorching his squirrel dinner, he burnt down the entire building. And we were talking about this. And I don't think I even give you a heads up of what we were talking about. We just started. And you cannot get it together. Like, because like, okay, you've got a squirrel. You're starting to like, you're, you're cooking it alive, basically. No, the squirrel was dead. He was cooking it like dinner. <laughs> and all I could think about was this thing running around. It's not running around on fire, though. <laughs> I know, but still, that's in my head. This is this damn squirrel going all over the place. And just starting the rest of his place on fire. That's all I could think about when you were telling me this story. And I was losing it. I was crying. There was like snot pouring out of my nose. <laughs> it was like one of those hardcore, like, I can't stop. Like, and the other one that comes to mind that's in the same category is another animal mishap story. The iguanas. Do you remember the iguanas? <laughs> yes. The so iguanas. Florida got colder than it had ever been or whatever, some record cold. And I guess iguanas will basically like freeze, but not die. So like they seem like they're dead, but they're just frozen. Because of the temperature, I don't quite understand how it works. Cold-blooded, that's why. Yeah, so they're just not moving. They seem dead. And this guy <laughs> thought all these iguanas were dead. This one gets me too. He thought all these iguanas were dead, and he wanted to rescue them, so he picked them up and he put them in his car. But then the heat in the car made them come back to life. So as he's driving down the highway, he ended up getting into an accident because it's just fifteen iguanas coming to life from the back seat, start crawling all over it. <laughs> Could you imagine? Especially because he was trying to do a good thing. Like, he seems like a good person. He was trying to save these iguanas. Now the state has got to put out, like, basically statements saying, hey, if they're there and they Just, fall from the trees, let them be. Don't put them in your car. No, like, don't gather them. That's the part I feel bad about. This is a good person trying to do a good thing who now has to buy a new Kia because <laughs> he's ruined his Kia because of the iguanas. We should sponsor that guy. We got to get that guy some money. <laughs> that guy's a good person. Okay. Seems like it. Yes. So those moments are great though. Like the, just, just the laughs, which we'll do here. Uh, I'm sure it'll keep coming up, but yeah, those, uh, those are the fun moments from radio for sure. There's also like the big stories. I mean, we've got to do a lot of really cool stuff over our career. 
uh, just off the air, like whether it be hanging out with bands that are actually cool, which is some of them are, uh, some of them are the worst, uh, or like festivals and traveling, doing cool trips. That's all cool. Um, getting people upset was kind of fun, like in the right moments. In the right moments, yes. Like we upset PETA one time, and that sticks out as a pretty wonderful oh, story to me. God, yes. That ruined my Thanksgiving. Yeah, mine too. Uh, this was, and this is one where you like look back in hindsight and you're like, maybe this bit was too far. Uh, I don't know if we should have done this, but we did. Uh, and if you're upset about it still, I'm sorry, I was 22 years old. But we brought a live turkey into the studio yeah. on uh, the day before Thanksgiving, which, important note, falls near Halloween. So we're going to get to that aspect of it. Uh, but we had this live turkey in the studio. We named it Eleanor. And uh, we, uh, we made our listeners vote, like, should we eat Eleanor or let Eleanor free? And we did a poll on Facebook about it. And uh, Peter got hold of it, shared it. Next thing you know, like I counted, I got 187 death threats in three days from Peter supporters, and like from all over the world, it was pretty crazy. Like, in languages, I didn't even know what it meant. Yeah, I had to Google translate my own death threats. Like that's how crazy it got. It was out of control. And uh, <laughs> we got this turkey in there, and all these threats are coming in. We're like, this is nuts. And then like we said that we would send it back. Okay. <laughs> We need to talk about what it was like with the turkey in the studio first. So yeah. it's in there. It's in its like cage thing. And we're in a street side studio. So there's like glass windows. And because it's close to Halloween, we also had on the show this guy who does like a freak show at like the, the, the Fright Nights or whatever the event is like. And he's in there for an interview with his sidekick. Well, there's the turkey in a cage beside them. Now we're on the air talking to this freak, this loser, another person we did not want to talk to. And he's got a 16 inch drill bit on a drill and he's drilling it down his throat, which is like, it's kind of crazy. It was wild to yeah, see him like, do this. Like he's deep throating a drill bit and it's like it's on. It's astonishing. Well, this is happening though. His sidekick goes and grabs the turkey cage and opens it, and then the turkey gets out of the cage and starts flying all over the place, like banging into the glass, trying to get away. There's feathers going everywhere. And this is all on the air as this guy's... So he's now choking on the drill bit because he is very distracted by the fact that there's a live bird flying around the studio, which... Yeah, rightfully, rightfully so. so. So he's like, like gagging on this drill bit. I'm like, this guy's going to die. Meanwhile, there's a bus stop right outside of the glass station. And I'm like... Everyone at that bus stop is just watching, like, What's <laughs> this guy's choking on a drill. <laughs> There's a turkey flying all over the place. There's feathers everywhere. Then the turkey shit all over the equipment, like, all over the board. And the board's, like, That's worth a lot, a lot of, money. of money. Like, you, like I'm like, we're going to lose our jobs. We're going to have this guy die in here. This turkey's on the loose now. There's shit everywhere. It was a nightmare situation. So that was the actual, like, in the studio moment. Then we get into like the death threat thing because that like built over a couple days after the the turkey story went viral in the PETA community. And then you're just like reading these death threats and you're like, this is crazy. Like I remember one specifically that said, and this is horrible, okay? I didn't say this, but they were like, I hope you and your family die after getting raped by rusty forks. That was a message I got from somebody. And I was like, creative, you know? Like what a death threat, you know? <laughs> Probably my favorite death threat I've ever got. I was like, did Stephen King write this? This is so Rusty creative. Yeah, yeah, like, All right, then. But you're sitting there like at Thanksgiving, like you get your phone, 
in your hand and it's just like beep, beep, beep. And you just like die by rusty forks. And you're like, what the fuck? Your whole family's going to die. What the? F-? And then you like, you look up and you're like at the table eating dinner with your family. You're like, this is. I remember and- going home and my mom was like, I don't think you should go back. Yeah. I think you should yeah, just stay my mom here. was very concerned. It was very scary for a little while. But it's fun. It's a fun memory. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it now is. that it's long in the and past and they're not trying to kill us, it was fun. By the way, Eleanor, the turkey. Yes, is fine. Is safe. Yeah, we actually saved Eleanor's life. Peter was like really upset. It, and it's like there's six million. We did the stats. Six million turkeys get eaten on the average Canadian Thanksgiving in Canada alone. So like Eleanor is a drop in the bucket. Let's be honest. She was a sweet bird, but a drop in the bucket nonetheless. And... uh we take it back to this like turkey farm and people had voted, I believe to eat. Yeah. And we were like, ah, you know what? Let's, let's be good. So let's be good to Eleanor. And by eat, we meant we were going to get it cleaned properly and donate it to a family that needed a turkey. So it was going to go to a good cause, but we were like, you know what? Let's not do it. So I bring it back to the farm and I'm like, the farm's just going to kill the turkey anyways. You know, like it all felt weird, but then we got it back to the farm and the guy was like, the turkey's radio famous. And he was all excited that the turkey had been on the radio and he <laughs> kept Eleanor as a pet turkey rather than killing it with the rest of his turkeys because it was the radio turkey. So as far as I know, Eleanor is still alive. So Which you're welcome, PETA. Yeah, we did more work than you. We saved the turkey, actually. So, Tell your followers to stop threatening us. Yes. Don't bring Please. that back on us. <laughs> Eleanor is fine and well and is a pet turkey, which is an interesting pet. We've had a lot of bird related stories. Yeah. When you think about that, hey, you got swooped by an owl like not too long ago. Yeah, just on the deck at our previous employers, which and like, it scared the living snot out of me. That yeah. thing was damn close to my head. And I get attacked by crows on a regular basis. Well, yeah, I Lynch, get that. Lynch videotaped me one morning. I was walking down the sidewalk and just these crows are swooping me and I was on a real health kick. So I had a smoothie and it didn't have a lid. And then I'm getting swooped by crows. I'm just like, ah. Ah, like, ah, get away and throwing smoothie all over myself at 430 in the morning, which probably attracted more crows. Yes. It also seems a little counterintuitive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is lots of fun. I'm enjoying this. This is great. Uh, we could keep going forever, but I think we should, we should wrap up with uh, this last voicemail and then voice memo. Sorry. That came into Tyler Lynch at gmail.com. Once again, please send us emails. Uh, this is one that falls under the category of like, I don't know what to do with this story. Okay. And I don't know why it was even sent to us. It's from Devon. Um, let's just. Okay. So one time I was in new Orleans and there's this vampire and okay. So he didn't go on any of the spook tours, which obviously meant he was a vampire because they were all about the vampires in new Orleans (laughs) and he wasn't there. And then anyways, he was all like, Ooh la la, you're so pretty. And I was like, um, yeah, you're kind of hot. And then he was all like, girl, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you my vampire wife. And I was like, wow, this just went zero to ten million. Um, and yeah, I escaped. And he did not bite me. But he did put his mouth on my neck. And I was like, well, this is the end. <laughs> what the hell is that? That's just so random. It just came from someone I've never heard from before. Not a regular contact, no context, no caption whatsoever. Uh, and then I just responded, are you team Edward or team Jacob? <laughs> 
And Devon never answered that. So I have I have no idea. She's still alive as far as we know. I don't Thanks, Devon. She is a vampire. She's attracted to vampires. I'm not quite. Does she have a reflection? I don't know. We need to get mirrors in the studio for protection immediately. Garlic. Yes, garlic as well. Chad Kroger, can you bring us some garlic when you stop by? <laughs> you you got to be able to afford a couple bulbs. Okay? <laughs> this was fun. This is the first great. one. Uh, as we said, uh, or I hope I said earlier, like uh, each, each show, if you're new to this, it's going to be a little different. We're going to play. Uh, we wanted to do some setup and context of like who we are and where we came from for everybody who is new and just a little bit more information for anyone who followed us here from the radio. Thank you once again. Uh, but new and old listeners, of course, welcome. Um, we got to do a uh, uh, we'll have guests on some episode. We'll have topical content. New episodes going to come out every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, and yeah, I mean, our, our specialty and what we loved on the radio show was just talking about what was happening on the day to day. So, uh, if you want that without commercials, uh, and, uh, without music, uh, it's the perfect way you listen to the car. You can listen Well, you work out. I don't know how many fitness people are in our crowd. Maybe a lot. Once again, what do you mean, man? I'm, I'm a fitness guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, or wherever you may listen to it. So thank you for that. Uh, we got to do uh, some thank yous to uh, Jim Bob John for the music. Uh, thank you to Jessica Wong for all the graphics. A big thank you to the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network. Once again, they have a bunch of great shows. Make sure you check them all out. Producer Alexi. Hey! Uh, and of course, uh, you for listening or watching and supporting. Uh, once again, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe, rate, goes? review. What's the proper order to say that? Say it again. Rate, review, subscribe. That sounds right. That stuff like actually does make a difference. So if you leave a comment or if it's on YouTube, a thumbs up or a rating on iTunes or Spotify or all that kind of stuff, it really does actually help these shows from my research. So uh, please do that. We need all the help we can get. Our standby line is not rang yet. It hasn't rang yet. So we don't have a radio job yet, but that's coming soon. And, uh, you know, Chad Kroger. Uh, We'll see you soon. 